0: Hey, it's Brendan, the host of the Music You're Missing podcast. If you or someone you know is an independent artist, then you're going to want to listen because i got to tell you about Groover. Groover helps artists get their music heard. Through an innovative web platform, Groover connects artists who want to promote their music with the best curators, radio stations, and labels seeking emerging talents. On www.groover.co... Artists can send their music directly to a selection of blogs, playlist curators, record labels, and pros of their choice with the assurance of guaranteed feedback. Groover's over 2,000 active music curators have given more than 2 million pieces of feedback on the platform. And right now, Groover is offering a special discount to listeners of Music You're Missing. Use the code MYMGroover23 for 10% off music promotion services today. Welcome to Music You're Missing, the modern radio station. After years of working in radio, I realized something wasn't clicking. There were so many artists that mainstream media just weren't giving proper treatment to, so I sought to change that, and Music You're Missing was born. From just starting out to signed, this interview style podcast highlights artists you don't want to miss. Follow along to the regularly updated Music You're Missing Spotify playlist to discover even more can't miss tracks. Hey, it's Brendan Giannetti. You're listening to Music You're Missing. And today we are in studio with the band Juniper. I actually recorded this episode with Juniper yesterday. And I'm still kind of recovering because my, my producer, Peter, hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, I forced him and um, Scott from the band to grab drinks at my favorite bar in Boston. Bitty early, shout out. And one drink quickly led to two. And I was drinking <laughs> IPAs. So it was actually, it turned into four. Um, but anyhow... Juniper was great. I first heard them uh, just just honestly by being in the Boston music scene, and I've been wanting to chat with them for a while. They kind of remind me of like Lawrence, um, even like a Stephen Day, if I'm comparing them to people that have been on this show uh, previously. And they were super cool. They're all from the Boston area, except for David, who actually is from Rochester, New York. And I found out mid-conversation with him that he had to drive six hours after our podcast shoot. So I don't envy him. Um, But anyhow, I'm super excited for you guys to get to know them. We chatted about kind of like what their career looks like, what they need to continue to grow, what the future looks like, and their brand new track called Used to This, which you can hear right now. It's streaming atop the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist and Juniper's lovely faces are streaming on the cover of the Music You're Missing playlist. While you're checking out the Music You're Missing playlist, don't forget to rate the Music You're Missing podcast five stars and subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts because the more five stars we get and the more subscribers we have, the higher likelihood our episodes get playlisted, which in turn means more exposure for these pretty dope artists also be on the lookout for juniper if you're in the boston area because we're trying to get them booked at one of our shows so without further ado i'm gonna shut up now and i'm so excited to bring you juniper in the music you're missing studio we are joined with the band juniper how's it going guys
1: What's up, man? How you doing?
0: I'm doing so well. I, I loved actually chatting with you before we started recording. I like I like when we have a little a little laugh together.
1: Yeah. I like the vibe that was set. So.
0: It's a it was a good vibe that was set. Yeah. Um so do you y'all want to run your first names for our listeners at home? Oh. My name's Scott. I'm Ale. David. Sweet. And uh you're obviously we're in downtown Boston right now. And it's interesting because it's not often we have people that are actually from Boston or based in Boston in the studio. So what's like your connection with Boston? What what brought you here? Are you originally from here? What's what's keeping you here?
2: We've well, just getting in. I was like
0: honked out a couple times, South Station
2: traffic. I was like, yeah, this is home, this <laughs> good. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up like 25 minutes outside Boston West uh, in a town called Wellesley. Shout out, I grew up in Walpole. Shout out. <laughs> nice Man, your football program makes me f- terrified. Anyways, <laughs> job well done over there in Walpole. Um, but yeah, no. So grew up around here. Went to college at Boston University. Um, my first year of college, I went to school in Baltimore at Loyola, which is how we met. Um, but uh, yeah, I transferred to BU. Finished in 2021, so I'm just a, a Bostonian, true and true.
1: Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm actually originally from Caracas, Venezuela. So I was born there. And then I moved to the United States when I was ra- when I was around two years old. So I moved straight to Boston. Grew up in uh, Brookline, Massachusetts. Uh, and then I went to Loyola university, Maryland in Baltimore, as Scott said, that's where we met our first year. And uh, now I live in Somerville. So full circle.
0: Did you so stay in Loyola all four years? Yeah, I stayed uh, in Loyola
1: all four years. So cool. we, we, we left each other for a couple of years, but, uh, <laughs> we're
3: back. <laughs> tried to it with me; He wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm from Rochester, New York. And I met these guys. Oh, I went to Berkeley. Oh, cool. Year, and then I just was kind of like in the area, kind of gigging in Connecticut and, I had some friends up here in Boston, and some mutual friends introduced us, and here I am. Wow. And you're still in New York? I'm still in New York. Dang. So, so do you have to like travel to Boston a lot? Yep.
0: Were you we taking that Accela? <laughs> I I um was in Rochester, actually. I took uh, the Metro North. Is that what it is? Yeah. There you go. Good train. Good train. Oh, the, per- yeah. the commuter rail could never...
1: The commuter rail does not compare. Hey, to okay, the
0: hold
2: on. <laughs> Before we bash the MBTA, I do want to say I appreciate all the work that they do, mm-hmm. even though weather is hard and you know they is. help me
1: out every day. But still, the <gasps> Metro North. What's area.
0: your favorite line? I'm a so I live on the Blue Line, uh, and I've really grown to appreciate the Blue Line. It's so efficient. Dark horse.
1: I'm it honestly, is dark horse. I'm into the new Green Line that goes to Somerville now. Mm. Like Good honestly, it is upgraded. It's made my life so much easier. <laughs> so, gotta go with the Green for sure.
2: Green, through and through, is most used, but it's loud, it's somewhat unreliable. Red
0: line. Red line, now that is a dark horse. <laughs> yeah. That is a dark horse. That's what I was thinking. The, I, the uh, orange line is, is definitely where the most uh, interesting stories I have. Oh, come absolutely. From. So I do always appreciate that. Peter, are you rocking the green line, Somerville? Red oh, line. you're a red line guy. Yeah.
1: Orange line, I feel like, just gets a little... Every time I've been on it, I'm just like, "Yo, this is like so slow. Like, yeah. what's going on?" You maybe? know, you
0: guys really got to try out the blue line more. It's Yeah, crazy. I haven't
1: done that. I don't think I've done it. Either. Whatever. I don't know really
0: if you're in the market to go to like Revere, um, <laughs> yeah. but
1: if
3: you are, I recommend. Shout out North Boston. I think I went on the Orange Line once, and I lost my wallet, <laughs> and that was the last time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <That sounds laughs> right, Never actually. again.
3: I think it's a trap called Quest Song. I left my wallet
2: on the Orange Line. <laughs> no, it's also
0: gone <laughs> <gunned> down. <here. laughs> Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, Boston isn't necessarily a music industry hub, and obviously you guys are pursuing a career in music, Um, so I kind of would love to chat about that. Like, what do you think the kind of, like, risks and rewards are pursuing a career in music away from a music hub? Or perhaps I'm wrong. Maybe you think Boston
1: is a music hub. So, I mean, like, I think Boston is a super interesting city just because, like, it is sort of a music hub because you have like Berkeley, you have New England Conservatory. You got some schools here that they develop some cats here, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like super, it's super cool to see like that there is a music scene, even though you don't really hear much about like huge artists that have come out and there have been big artists who've come out here, but (coughs) you just don't hear about that as much as like other cities like Nashville or Chicago or New Mm -hmm. York, you know? But I think just having this student base of like so many good musicians who go to Berkeley, like that's for us has been a huge thing. Cause I mean, for me and Scott, like we didn't study music, you know, like we studied something completely different from what we're doing right now, you know what I mean? And like having access to people who went to Berkeley, that's how we met David, you know what I mean? Like it's all a huge circle, whether it's the house show scene or the old venues that used to exist, like the Great Scott or Thunder Road, RP, you know, like all these places, like that's where we started out. And that's with a bunch of different musicians from the city, whether they went to Berkeley, or they didn't go to Berkeley, you know what I mean? It, there's there's a huge hub of musicians here that allows you to just be creative in so many different ways, you know. But
2: it's like we were talking radio earlier. Like Boston historically was the hub of radio. Like mm-hmm. Boston was huge in music and it used to be. And I think that that generation is still around and like they're rooting for the next next round of cats coming up this up the pipeline and emerging artists and it's cool to connect with people like that but it's also kind of hard to discern like, okay, is this a conversation about advice or is this a conversation of like, well, how how can we do this? What, What can we do here? Um, the nice thing, especially with David being in Rochester, is we have a good meeting point, which is yeah. New York City. I mean, that's a three and a half hour ride if you time it right, so that's really not that bad, and it's funny, like, we always joke about with people, we're like, oh, when are you playing in Boston again? It's like, oh, yeah, technically we're a Boston hometown band, but we play more <laughs> in New York City that it feels like, finding New York's a hometown, more so, like, we haven't played in Boston since March of 2022. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang. We, we toured twice in between, go to New York a fair amount, um, like, we're in Midwest, we were, like, hit a little bit farther south like DC, Baltimore, Nashville. It's like Boston's great. We've done a lot, but I think we're excited to kind of reconvene and like get back to like, Hey, like let's, this is our home no matter how we feel about it. And we've, we're talking about moving elsewhere potentially, but, um, I don't know. Like there's, it's like, it's like a dysfunctional home. There are things you like about it, things you don't, but you just got to, I guess like appreciate it as much as you can mm-hmm. and, and take what you can and learn from and and use that to your advantage. Like all I say in the pipeline of just great musicians here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really well said, um, answer, especially cause I, I do know you guys are taking advantage of like other major cities locally or like in the East coast. Are you doing your booking? Do you have someone booking for you or are you just kind of booking yourself? It's a hot
2: topic. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Short answer, doing it ourselves. Like, we're okay, yeah. all in-house. I mean, you've definitely... I, I saw, you, you know, you've, you've played a lot of cities. Mm-hmm. And it's been fun
2: to do that all in-house and kind of feel like a ragtag team, you know, and being like, hey, and we got management, and they're killer, um, but... You know there's certain lanes that people got to stay in and you know there's like a we can book shows but anything over in like 400 person room you got to be able just there's definitely red tape when you get to a bigger size room and so yeah this point now we're like okay we and for some time now but we're 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 actively looking for booking because we 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 know that's going to be what brings us to the bigger room Mm -hmm. um and so yeah that's 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 a hot topic for us right now absolutely
0: Good conversations to be having though.
1: Yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Um, so let's talk about that indie grind. So you mentioned you had a, a manager. When did you guys get a manager, and like
1: what? Wh- how how did that positively affect the band? So I think like with the manager that our manager, her name is Ava Solomon, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you definitely follow each other on Instagram. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she she's been great. We uh, met her in January of 2020. So this was three years ago now and um it was pretty pretty crazy how it all happened because it's crazy how cool discover weekly can work on mm-hmm. spotify you know what i mean like she found us on her discover weekly and she lived in maryland or dc at the time i I believe. think bethesda bethesda yeah so she was living there and i went to school in loyola at loyola maryland in baltimore so uh, I, it was January of 2020. We we were already talking. We had some conversations before, but she came up to Baltimore to just come meet me. We went to get some coffee, and I think it was like the first time that we met someone who really, really spoke to us, like saying like how much they believe in this project. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that's like the main thing that you kind of need from a manager at the beginning is just someone who believes in what you're doing and is going to push you to take chances, push you to you know, become the musicians that you want to be, you know, and Ava has been super helpful with whether it's just organization or getting us the tours that we've been on, getting us on different shows, like the line of communication is always there. And, and I think that's the most important thing when you're an indie artist with a, with a manager, like just being able to communicate as much as you can every week, hopping on a call, even if nothing's really going on that week, you're still catching up. You're saying like, Hey, what's, what do we want to work on right now? You know what I mean? And I think having a manager just like allows you to have that structure of the call, you know, like when it comes to expenses of the tour, you know what I mean? Like we have an expense sheet We're we're always going through our finances just to make sure we're, we're in a good place. We don't have to worry about other stuff. You know what I mean? So having a manager like that, like Ava has been super helpful. And then in the last six months we've uh, grown the team. So we have like a couple other people who've been really helping yeah. out fully.
2: Sweet. It's really hard, especially as an indie artist, like when you're when you're coming up and you're trying to do stuff like before we had Ava, the band was in existence for three years. So like we like we were doing, everything's like I'm sending out cold emails myself from like Juniper Music 7 at Gmail, you know, (laughs) like just like some kid in college just trying to play shows. But I think what Ava and management in general has allowed for us to do and, you know with a grain of salt, but like try and separate business and creativity. Cause when you're emerging, it's hard to pay for that separation, but also like naturally, like everybody wears a lot of different hats. And so being able to have that allocation of work and be like, Hey, like whether it be booking organization, financing, like outreach, networking, like Mm -hmm. it's awesome to have somebody that's just doing that where we can be like this past week, for example, we were up in Maine for a week, just working on a bunch of music, jamming, working on the show, um, working on visuals and like that the fact that we have management let us feel like we could escape to that yeah um, rather than like okay we can never really like clock out or you know like remove ourselves from the world of business and like trying to like make that happen so that, that's been a huge
0: plus too for management. That's a good point. I feel like the actual creative process often gets lost in the shuffle of being an independent artist because you have to wear so many hats. Mm-hmm. where in Maine where, where in Maine where are we
1: hanging? We were in a, a Gunkwit. Oh, nice. Gunkwit yeah, so my parents live up there. Um, so every February they're... They they usually go out west for the month of February just because it's so cold up there. So uh, so the last couple of years we've been we've been going up there in February just to you know hunker down, get away from everything, just set up the whole living room to be our own little studio. So this time was really cool because we had uh, some friends come up and they they documented the whole thing. Yeah, so, so you had some
0: cameras out. Yeah, yeah. So what uh, what what were they shooting? Just like some B roll? Is
3: there like a music video coming perhaps? So they shot all kinds of things, like performances, we were just playing in the house, they'd get some video of that, there's lots of B-roll, lots of just, like, us hanging, just talking, just kind of just being together, and like, like in the space, and just, they were a part of the vibe too, just as much as we were, which was, like, yeah. kind of the coolest thing, was, mm-hmm. like, they were just there, and it, it just felt really great.
1: To have them. Yeah, it's, like, cool to, because as I said, we've been doing this for a couple years now, and All the content that we get from that is like stories in the past, you know, but now being able to actually capture what that vibe is of Mm -hmm. like being away from the city, having a place to ourselves that's surrounded by the woods. You got the beach around the corner. You got a mountain around the corner. You know what I mean? Like having a place like this and documenting it the way the vibe really is when we're having fires outside making dinner like we caught all of it you know and like we're so excited to see how this turned every joint rolled was documented
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: i love that yeah no i love talking about the like creative process a lot um just because again like for a lot of these interviews i feel like talking about the actual music creation or like creation rather kind of goes missed or Mm -hmm. goes um not spoken about what's like your vibe like what environment energizes you the most i'm a mountain man Mm -hmm. however i recently came back from a little solo trip to the desert i feel like a new man yeah a Um, solo
2: trip to the desert yeah man it was wild i took
0: it so i sorry now we're making this the brendan show but i took a um, three hour bath alone in the middle of a desert under i was nude also um underneath (laughs) underneath the stars and i think i i think i'm a better man ever since that um but Wow. Moral of the story here is I, I I have always been like energized creatively by mountains, mm-hmm. and even in the desert, like I, I found myself trying to go to towards the mountains. So like, what what kind of environment brings the creative juices out in you? Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, like all I said, up in Maine in a gunkwit, like that's just dense woods. Yeah. So like we like being up in in woods. I grew up on the beach, so I also love the beach. But like woods mountains, I think that definitely is a place that we gravitate towards because it's quiet and you're so in touch with just like the your surroundings and your environment like when we were down in nashville for example um and we were recording there for i think like, a month in the fall of uh, 2022 and we were staying in nashville but the place we recorded at was our buddy's home his home studio like t- 35 minutes north of nashville uh-huh. so we're driving through country to get yeah. there and like that was so cool because it was like woods and forest but like farmland and mm-hmm. we we're like what the heck like and somehow that well not somehow it makes sense but like that that inspired like one of these new songs we're working on that's kind of like is juniper making a country record yeah. like, <laughs> but it, it's cool to have that have your surroundings impact your music
0: yeah that's huge well so i actually kind of I, we'll, we'll talk about this later but um your new track i did i did hear kind of, was that recorded in nashville first of all? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of heard that. That's what saying. Um, <laughs> that's a good thing. But, you know, all right, no, let's actually talk about the new track. Um, used to this, it features like a slight sonic change up from what mm-hmm. you you guys have been rocking in the past. Why? Like, what? how did we get there? Was it from that Nashville trip, or it was this just kind of a natural progression?
3: So, I would say this song in particular is one that I just joined the group recently, actually, so we've kind of been playing this song at all the, sh- all the gigs that I've done and mm-hmm. it's kind of developed a little bit every single time we've played it. It just changes and changes and it's just getting to reach the final form, I guess, in Nashville where we were kind of like, it was the last song we recorded there. So like we kind of, it all like kind of led up to that. Like we just felt so comfortable and we were able to dive into like these sounds that we were kind of like experimenting with and listening to together. Mm-hmm. And I- I'm really happy with how it came out. So,
2: our buddy julian who's the producer of that of that song Mm -hmm. um used to this and like a few other tracks that we have coming up but he (laughs) Mm -hmm. is such a killer and we're both on the same page where we are always in the mindset of like we want to be searching for something new and like i feel like we do our best to do that with music leading up to this whereas like our music sounds like it could be a f- indie folk record could be an indie rock record could be like a neo soul record but like that's not with the headspace of like oh let's make a neo soul record it's like no like we're actively searching for like what sounds just resonate with us that week even let alone like that session and so this month in Nashville we were just in this headspace of like darker tones a little bit more distortion a little bit heavier um, and that song like David said we been playing that live for over a year before we recorded it and we, we first I first wrote it with Julian down in Nashville like October 2021 so it was really cool to like sit down with him for 2 hours work on it play it live for 14 months yeah. and then come back to the studio mm-hmm. with it with him and he was like dude whoa this is a whole whole new song but I'm also hearing it in a new way too and mm-hmm. like that added input just made for something that we were like, wow, this is new. And we always want to be living in a space that feels new.
1: Yeah. I think like it's not only like talking about the surroundings that we were in, like being in Nashville, playing this song for so long. I think it it also touched in on like even like the, the stuff that we were listening to at the time a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I know when we were li- like recording used to this, like we were in a huge like Madison Cunningham phase. You know what I mean like there was like different I know Julian was in a big like McGee phase like for like his production style and stuff and like I thought it was just like super cool how we all brought our own influences into this thing and it was like it's and it because we all worked in the room together for the most part when we recorded but we also recorded parts separately you know like David would get in the room for an hour with Julian by himself do his guitar parts. I would do my drums by myself. Scott would do his bass or also do some production stuff with Julian. You know what I mean? So it was just really cool to like have our own space to work on it, but also it all came together for most of the days, you know? So it was just cool to, you know, to see all the influences that we were kind of like listening to on the car rides on the way there to the studio every day and just like all the ideas that came out of it i think it was just like a a unique experience of how this song came out compared to everything else we've done
2: i think the key is that when an idea comes like in this i mean the art form of collaboration but like the first response should never be no you know it should be like yes and let's see how we can do like it and that Mm -hmm. i think allows us to always have this like meandering process where like we don't have a a, a rule book in terms of writing music and producing music. It's just like, where are we in our lives? Where are we literally in the world? And like, how do we come together with our own individual energies and like experiences of that week, that month, our whole life. And like, we find a common ground and like that is where, and that common ground changes by the song. But like, yeah. that's so exciting. Cause it, again, it feels like we're always actively searching for something new and like that pursuit is Just like that fuel that's just like because we're not there yet, you know, even with used to this I think we could say that's like the most excited we've ever been about a new song But mm-hmm. I still don't feel like we're there yet, you know, and like hell. Yeah, dude 20. Yeah. It's a journey our, <laughs> We're in our 20s like what's
0: freaking yeah I so. mean, do you I uh, do you think you'll actually ever feel like you're there yet? Or do you think it's just like a constant growth? Stream? hope not. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I hope not. I don't want validation from numbers and listeners and like, you know, just, oh, we're playing an arena, you know, like, I don't want that to be like, okay, yeah, we did it, you know, it's like, no, like, they dug the energy of us searching, so we have to continue to search, I think, like, that,
1: avoiding that stagnation, as hard as it is, it's like, yeah, I don't think we'll ever be done. Yeah, no, we're always going to be searching for something new, and I think that's the exciting part about being an artist, you know what I mean, it's like, I think it's easy just to find a sound and say it works and just kind of try to continue with it, but, our mindset for every song is just like kind of, what do we feel right now? You know what I mean? Like, what do we, what, what do we want to be different? You know what I mean? Like, I think that's how we keep ourselves like sane and it's all unique to us all the time because it's a new experience every time we record, you know what I mean? It feels different every time. So
0: sweet. So you mentioned that you're kind of sitting on some other tracks. Are we kind of going in a similar sonic vibe with the other tracks? Would you say? No. Okay, that was like a hard no, which makes me think that these are. So, are they
3: different than normal? Like, tell me about them. So, I would say that these three are definitely meandering away from the vibe of used to this. Okay, it's like we kind of, kind of visited that space, and now we're kind of going elsewhere with like the way that these three are going to be. So, Mm. you guys can kind of tell me more. What does elsewhere mean? What does it look like? It's witchcraft. (sighs)
2: <sighs> trying to think <laughs> I mean going back to being independent right it's hard when you're working with budgets right yeah. in our perfect world we're going to write music over what a four six months Cause I'm never the type of person that's going to be like let's go do be somewhere for six weeks without any preparation and walk out of it with an album like mm. if you force songwriting like that you can get a product for sure but I don't think it's going to be most representative of what we're trying to do. And so if we can, but like the perfect ideal world is we go somewhere for six weeks after having written music, maybe some room to write more when we're there, but then we record it all in one sitting. Mm-hmm. But like, that's a ton of money. So we're like, all right, how can we do this in a way that's a sustainable and affordable? So like in Nashville this past fall, we went down and we did four songs. So some of those songs are written, like we said, October of 2020 the year before that. But like, I think this new music is representative of especially production the fact that like we all are feeling confident that even with the song each song kind of being in its own lane and genre as it was with our album we released in 2021 you know each song that followed was different than the one before and like we love that keeps it exciting keeps it fresh Mm. and we're not going in with a box like we're making a alternative record it's like no we're just making music dude Mm -hmm. so like i think we we kept that same mentality with this i'd say
1: and i think like each song i mean we're not trying to give like too much away obviously but like i think like each (laughs) song is as david said like each one is has its own different lens you know what i mean and i think it's just super cool to come in to a studio like working for a month out of this place like every single day we were going you know what i mean going to the studio every single day and we'd try we'd kind of treat it like one week song at a time i guess you know what i mean we'd, we'd bounce around but like it's so cool to see like how the song starts when you record it like because you imagine it in some way but then two days later it's completely different from what you thought you know what i mean so i think like i don't know if I maybe each of us came in thinking like these songs were going to sound in some fashion but like for me personally like after like four days of recording getting the drums down and everything i was like okay this is way better and way different than I thought it was going to be. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and those are like the, the coolest experiences when you're in that room, you hear that mix and you're like, damn, that, that's it. And we do a <laughs> lot
2: of like self-producing ourselves, making demos and stuff. And, you know, like we're talking about this group of songs we made in Nashville. We got you now like 15 in the pipeline, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah. like one works, timing, schedule, budget-wise to kind of make it happen. But yeah. like, I think the cool thing to that point you were saying about how it changes, like, we start our songs writing most of the time, like I will write the full arrangement and lyrics on an acoustic guitar before I ever bring it digital. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I know majority of people that'll sit down with an open session and just start building like track by track yeah. and then record vocals, which is awesome. It's a, It gets great songs. But to that point of like how much it changes from our expectation of what it's gonna end up being. Cause like, again, if I'm walking into used to this, writing that on an acoustic guitar, just one vocal melody, Listening to that voice memo from October of 2021. And then I listen to the Spotify record of it. I'm like, is this the same song? Yeah, like the only thing that maintains the same is like it's still three minutes and 29 seconds, you know But yeah. I think that's a cool thing like being able to kind of let go a little bit of that expectation and say hey like We trust I trust each other everybody in the room our producer and so with that like if it moves somewhere that you're un- that you're not expecting it like we said rather than saying like ah no it's like art of collaboration it's like dude yes and like yeah. how else can we do that
0: Absolutely. so so it seems like you're really excited for for this new chapter if you will mm-hmm. from like a business perspective like what what are you doing to assure that it rolls out correctly i know you don't want to you know lose you know the the way that you love like the creativity of it and and how confident you feel in the actual production. But what do you have to do to make sure that it, it does in fact meet as many years as possible. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, man, that's our biggest thing. We always say exposure, exposure, exposure. Like we believe 100% of what we're doing. And if it doesn't hit as much as we want it to, like we believe that's because it's not getting exposed the right way. So mm-hmm. historically we're like, let's make a music video. Let's do like photo shoots, get a press kit together. Like, you know, really beef out like that kind of component to the release. But we've also kind of started to realize it's like as fun as music videos are like, We're not making money back from that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's just sunk cost, if you want to view it like that. So, we're like, okay, shit, we need to reevaluate. So, kind of what David was saying, being up in Maine this past week, having that crew come up, is like, how can we get vertically shot short form stuff for reels and TikTok. that's yeah. going to be 15 to 25 seconds with song audio specific timestamps in the back like three to four videos and then like maybe putting some money behind that and like a marketing campaign like mm-hmm. that's kind of how we're like all right the industry's changing and so we got to change with it mm-hmm. um and i think like david said the, why we're so excited about this next chapter like what you mentioned is that the crew that was with us, all these people like shooting, like they were a part of the vibe. It wasn't like the crew goes off and does their thing when we're not shooting. And when we're shooting, we're together. Like it was a friend as much a professional relationship. And I think that allowed us to be super comfortable. Cause we're just like,
1: we're just dudes, you know? Like three
2: three cameras room. I'm like, what's going on here? We like to have (laughs) fires,
1: we like to smoke weed. We like to drink beer like, (laughs) and make music. (laughs) and
2: Being able to capture that in a way that we know we can share algorithmically that'll hit, but also like just knowing that it's still us, it's still authentic. Like that's kind of how it's going back to exposure. Like, I think that's how we're thinking about it right now.
1: But again, like things may change. And I know we'll, we'll get into this in a bit, but like, I think one of the main things that we got to do too, is like, we got to hit the road. Mm -hmm. I mean, like obviously like, you know, playing, doing TikToks, all of this, it's so helpful. And it's what you need to do. I think as a band, like, this day and age but like we're right now of the mindset like especially with this new music coming out like we just need people to see it live get to know us on a personal level whether it's at the merch table or after the show before the show whatever it is like if we're able to connect with fans on a personal personal level and they actually like listen to the music like I feel like that is a huge way. Obviously, it's an old school way, but that's how you develop real fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those are the people that comment on your Instagram. Those are the people that follow you right away and they keep up with what you're doing. You know what I mean? They're the ones who buy your merch. Like, so at the end of the day, like obviously it's an exciting time because we just have, all of these mindsets, all of these plans to really, really get it going for 2023. And that's what we're, that's what we're working on right now. You
2: know? We're a fucking rock band, man. We gotta hit the road. <laughs> yeah. like, we're a band, man. We gotta be on stage. Yeah. Like, yeah. identifying the difference between listener and fan. Like, that is such a new concept. And we're like, Holy crap, you know, we got like X amount of monthly of listeners. Like, that's the coolest thing ever. I can't believe that's real. But like, are hundreds of thousands of people going to walk into a venue? No, you know yeah, what exactly. I mean? So like, yeah. how can you, how can you bridge that gap? And I think as a band, if it's just doing a power trio and you know, that's its own beast, but whatever, <laughs> whatever the stage looks like, like that is our biggest asset. Mm-hmm. That is what f- fills our bucket most, right? Being able to be out and play. And so like all I said, like, that's also a very high priority for us. Yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, you kind of hit on it with with talking about TikTok about how it seems as if you're kind of creating organic content. I feel like that's kind of the hack. Everyone's always talking about like hacks for TikTok, but the hack is being consistently yourself. Mm-hmm. And if it catches on, then great. You're catching on to the right audience, because if you're creating content with the hopes of going viral, you might not actually be connecting with the right audience and they might not actually be converting to your listenership. Um, but of course, the biggest thing is playing in front of people. Absolutely. So I actually saw you did a show recently with Wiley Beckett. Are you guys homies? Because I'm I, I don't necessarily know him, but my friend went to Harvard with him, uh-huh. and I get a lot of texts. People being like, "You took know, go this artist," and I'm just really bad at like actually listening to their music. <laughs> but my friend Albie is like a king, so I was like, "All right, I'm gonna listen to this Wiley kid," and it was fucking awesome. I've been like a, a hardcore fan of his ever Let's since go. I I listened to it. So. W- tell me about it. How'd you Similar end up working story, with him? A little really?
2: bit. Yeah, his or our manager sent us, sent me his demos being like, hey, what do, you, like, what do you think of this dude? And I was like, well, yeah, so I checked it out and I was like, this is gnarly. Like, I I, I love this. So I shot him a message and I was like, first, like, dude, like, let's, let's get a writing session in. Like, let's hang. Like, I'd love to come to New York with you got a team, whatever, like, let, just two acoustic guitars. Let's hang out and write. And he was like, sweet, let's do it. And then he was like, Yo, also, we're trying to do a show in January at Mercury Lounge. We got a slot for, like, a headline. Like, would you want to, like, fill that? And we were like,
1: yes. (laughs) I was like, dude, I haven't
2: even met you yet, and you're, like, putting on a show? I'm like, yes, dude. Like, so he's, besides music, a stellar dude. Mm -hmm. Like, really Mm -hmm. nice. Absolutely. Really genuine. Uh, his band, great players, also great people. Um, but yeah, that was such a dream of a night, man. We yeah. we sold that out on pre-sale so damn. Like, there was Congrats. just no oh, thanks, thank appreciate you, thank it. You. but there's but like, th- and that's not. A, I mean, we we love packing rooms, but like selling out before the show even opens and doors open, like. No matter where we're ever gonna be, like that's always gonna be something we'll look around, and be like, "Hey, this is fucking awesome." Yeah. yeah. So like that energy just translated for that whole night. Like he killed it. We had a ton of fun. It was sweaty. Mm-hmm. Just you know, it was a rock and roll. The best show, nights yeah. are my
1: friends. Yes. It's funny with, Wiley, with <laughs> Wiley, like his band, they walk in for sound check, right? So like this is the first time we're meeting the band and everything, and I see this dude walk in, and I'm like went to high school with one of these guys <laughs> so his guitarist zach he like walked in and was like wait dude like i haven't seen you in like six years but just by small chance we were both playing at the same show he was the guitarist for wiley and stuff that's so, so wild it was so wild we were like wow we haven't seen each other in six years and now we're head- we're both headlining uh, a show at mercury lounge and selling it out so it was just a cool moment right there which is awesome
0: shout out to your hometown for yeah. what <laughs> musical greats right there there you go brookline
2: <laughs>
1: warriors we
0: so how often then are you guys gigging? And also, let's let's talk about it. Why why haven't you played a show in Boston since March? <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get it. Let's get it booked. That's a good question that I don't really
2: know if I have a good answer to, but I think it could have just been like a way things just lined up like we played that show in March at Bright Music Hall. That was a dream. Mm-hmm. Play with Zoe Sparks. She's a dream. Just like awesome night. But then like next month we were in the Midwest on a tour. month after that we were opening up for Sarah and the Sundays on their East Coast leg of the tour. Then June, we went down to Nashville and recorded Listen to the Moment, which is a song we released back in September with Julian. So we're there for a week, prepping for that. So like every month we kind of had something going on. And mm-hmm. with David being in Rochester and you know, it's just it's 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 tough to line things up. And also, like for that reason, we want to do shows where they're like a tour, where they're together. But, yeah. Like a one-off thing is hard. Like most of the time you're gonna not it's all about money, but like you're gonna be losing money that way, assured, unless I don't know. It's a private gig and they got money <laughs> to spend. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> yeah. but so for that, mm-hmm. we were like, you know, let's, we've done a lot of Boston shows. All I said, we grew up playing in Boston. So we're like, let's spread our wings, especially after COVID and just get out. Mm-hmm. Um, to so that We've forgotten about Boston. I mean, like I said, we're actively looking to get another show in the next couple months mm-hmm. here. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason why we were just like off. Boston. I think
1: we were just like, I mean, especially with 2021 being like the last time that we released music. Other than like the last couple singles that we've had, you know what I mean? Like we focused on having that Boston show. Then we went to we went to tour the Midwest for for like a week and a half or so. Then we went on tour with Sarah on the Sundays in May. Um, and I think like we were just really focused on like, okay, we need to like develop this next chapter of like what we're going to be doing for like music wise. Cause it's been a long time Mm -hmm. since we released anything. So I think that's where our mindset was. Like most of the end of last year, we were like, okay, like we've played a lot of shows this year. Like let's, let's really hunker down and like focus on making the music that we need to come out with because it's been a while. Um, but it's also like thinking back, like, Maybe we probably could have played like a show or two or something, but like when we're... <laughs> yeah, when I mean, I so didn't focused. mean for it to sell. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I guess I'm more...
0: I, I, I was kind of wondering more so like, you know, was it intentional because at some point, it, it, you know, if you're con- consistently playing in the same city, you're also dumbing down mm-hmm. your uh, your value because if you're available every weekend, then it's not cool if I, uh, you know, it's it's not like a once-in-a-lifetime chance that I see you at Sonya if you're there every weekend. Yeah. Right. Um,
1: when we started out, like we would book... Like, we played Club Bohemia in Cambridge one night, then three weeks later, we're playing at Thunder Road, <laughs> two weeks later, we're playing at somewhere in Somerville, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and it, and we noticed at times, like, when we played a show two weeks apart, like, the second show just wouldn't have as many people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that was like a normal thing. So I don't know, like, if since we're like, we're bigger now since then, like, would it like be different? You know what I mean? But I think, like, being able... Even at our stage, like, playing some private gigs can be beneficial just to, like, you know, make some money and stuff like that, but... I
2: don't know what the title is. Fear of an Empty Room. Some phobia. Maybe oh, I dude, yeah. So yeah. Did. But, you know, but, did like, what well, I say, saying, it's like, it is so crushing to play for an empty room, even if we're, like, sounding great. It's like that energy transfer that Davey and I always talk about between crowd and band is, like, literally why we play live. Mm-hmm. And so if we can't get that, and then we're losing money as a... Like, it's just... It kind of got to a point where we were like, it made sense to not go as often. And then when we do, it's very intentional and it's a big event. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. and since COVID, we've played in Boston twice, the Sinclair and Bright Music Hall. Mm-hmm. So we're like, not like, hell yeah, dude. Like those are venues I went to as a sixteen-year-old kid are being like, what reputable the reputable venue? I can play here. Like dreaming to be an audience member, let on the stage. So I think that was really cool. But to your point, like or your question of like, hey, well, what's what's that look like if there's a cadence? Like I think I would personally love to be playing like once a season in Boston. Like once yeah. the fall, once the winter, once the spring, once in the summer. Like that would be really cool. I think they'd keep things fresh. Um, you guys ever play Porch Fest in Somerville? We've been asked to, but just scheduling it hasn't worked out. But it, I've heard it is
0: awesome. It's so fun. It's, uh, it's definitely the most unique thing I think Boston has. It really um, is. And granted, I mean, it's Somerville, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to call it Boston. It's so cool. It's just like I actually linked up with Peter at this year's Somerville <laughs> or this year's Port Fest. Um, You just hop house to house and there's a full-blown setup. We actually – I threw a similar thing not during Port Fest season, like during um, the fall months. And it's just uh, – there's something to be said about like-minded, like-music yeah. people – Playing with like good vibes outside, uh, it's it's just such a fun fun thing.
1: So how does the I because I know all about like I've seen it happen and stuff like that, but like yeah. does anyone anyone can set up outside? Or do you <laughs> have to get like a permit? I or, like...
3: actually have no clue. Do you know? So I actually when I lived in Connecticut before I met you guys, I played at Porch Fest in Bridgeport, Connecticut, in a town called Black Rock. And so what they do is, and if I don't know if it's the same as, um, is it Somerville? Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, they do the same as Somerville, but. What they do is is like you have your house and like you pick the band. Like you reach out, the person who owns the house reaches out to the band, band comes, you set up. It's not just like you, you just pop in like on the on the doorstep, but it's all like set up beforehand. In my experience, that's what I've- that's Yeah, what i was I'm like, guessing
1: like, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. from the
0: artist perspective, definitely like the artists were, you know, they're local bands yeah. um, set up beforehand. But then like, it's just weird to just go to a stranger's house and be like, I'm gonna crack open a beer and watch this artist <laughs> light up a joint. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely will hope to see you at that. I feel like it, it does fit your vibe um, super well. And I guess that brings me to my, my kind of final question here. Um, obviously, we've talked a lot about your kind of growth as a band. Um, so I'm just kind of interested. What do you guys hope to accomplish both like professionally and personally this year? Professionally and personally important distinction i mm-hmm. do like asking them personally one because sometimes people have some some really interesting goals
2: yeah well i guess professional is easier to talk about um not that i'm hiding anything but, <laughs> 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 well, but um professionally i mean 2023 goals you got year goals you got three year you got five year but like short answer i mean like we, we, we want to be playing around the world. Like we, we want to be playing stadiums. We want to be making music with no limitations. Like we want to be doing our vision without someone saying you can't because you can't afford it or you can't because we don't have that resource. Like we are dreamers and like we love, like we grew up, all three of us have said separately and to each other, like we all grew up watching those, like your heroes in music documentaries, you know, seeing them in the green rooms and to be like, man, like, like that. That feeling is indescribable, but like we we want that for ourselves and we Mm -hmm. believe that we can that we can do that Mm -hmm. Um, and I think That is that that's the mountaintop, right? So like this year I would love to be able To continue to record music music that we've been writing um, Sink deeper into that search of like sonics and like okay Like what is something that's resonating with us and how can that change? Um, But I think and the other guys will say other stuff so I won't say all the goals of the band, but (laughs) For me personally, like getting back in the studio, like and doing it a bunch, like it is my favorite place to be as an artist is the studio. I love performing on stage, but man, the studio is just complete freedom. And so that is where I love to be. And I think where I operate best as, as a band member. And I think, um, you know, being able to do that is a professional goal. Personal goal. Um, I want to buy a car. Oh yeah. I want to get a car and I want to name it and I want to drive it everywhere (laughs) (laughs) any names picked out I have not have any names picked out it's like child birthing I have like a notes app of like potential names car on like the the
0: model the year what are we looking for we're looking for a sedan an suv i love a cross god gives me subaru vibes i can see that
3: (laughs) dude if i'm (laughs) driving a
0: subaru crosstrek let me tell you (laughs) dude i listen i my like very first real car i drove a bunch of shitboxes growing up like so much so that my i drove a buick 2002 buick century and the passenger car or the passenger seat had like a hole in the bottom so whenever it rained there'd be a puddle and then like <laughs> in were <laughs> winter that puddle would freeze so i had like an ice rink in my car Oh my um, God. so eventually it's i so bought good. a real car okay and it was like a, a toyota chr which was gave very much so subaru energy sure and i've never been happier Now oh, uh, yeah. i don't have it but i miss it every day i love i love a little uh explorer vibe of a car
1: so. i didn't mean to like that sound like a dick i have a subaru <laughs> myself and it is so safe beautiful car i love it dude subaru <laughs> is a compliment yeah. if
2: i can be driving a subaru i'm saving the environment i'm saving my bank yeah
0: and you're looking good doing it and you're looking and good that's that's right. <laughs> exactly. and you probably have a pair of Birkenstocks on too that's
2: right yeah
1: in the back it's winter time
2: right now but yes <laughs> when i'm inside <laughs>
1: yeah Got about you, Charlie? Um, so, professionally, I mean, I think, obviously, I think we all agree, like, we want to, like, record, like, more music and have those experiences, like, wh- like, what we did in Nashville in October. Like, it'd be sick to be doing that every day, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's something that we definitely want to do. But for me, like, I'm going to go back to just playing as many shows as we can, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I think... I think, like, me and me and Scott, especially, like, we graduated from college in 2021, and it was still, like, a weird timing of, like, getting back from COVID and, like, figuring it all out, especially going into the fall and stuff, like, figuring out, like, life after college and all that, but, yeah. like, I think, like, now we're in a place that, like, it's, like, kind of, like, now or never, you know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna, like, go out somewhere to play, whether it's fucking California or Oklahoma, wherever it is, you know what I mean? Like, especially in the United States, like if there's a time that we want to actually hit a stride with playing shows, it has to be right now. You know what I mean? Like that, I firmly believe that I think like it, it it allows you to gain experience that you would have never experienced before. Um, It allows you to grow as a band together. It allows you to go through some stuff that can be really hard sometimes, but it's all for the benefit of the band. And I think going back to what I said about, Interactions with fans, you know, like I truly, truly believe like even if there's like 20 people at your show, like not even that many, that's still 10 followers that are going to know who you are and then they'll buy your merch. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just having that mindset of like, okay, like we'll set up smart shows, you know I mean? Shows that make sense for us at the time, even if we have to break up the travel a little bit, you know what I mean? Like just doing everything we can for this year to see as many people as we can and let them hear us and see like what we do, I think is what my like, like professional goal of the band, I think would be huge. And then for my personal goal, um, I honestly really, really kind of want to get into like doing some of my own like music a little bit, you know what I mean? Like I love, I love, I've been learning like all through like logic over the years and stuff like that, like going through all that. And Scott's been really helpful with like telling me like what plugins I can get in the future and stuff like that. Like. David's given me some tips, but I think like being able to be confident in like writing my own music and being able to record it on my own, even if it's for the band or for on my own at some point, you know what I mean? I think it's only going to benefit us, you know what I mean? Just being able to get that experience. And I think it's going to, it's one of my goals of the year that I really, really want to get into.
0: So you mentioned before, like we started recording that you're into some EDM. Did you
1: ever, did you
0: ever try to produce an EDM? So funny story
1: with the edm is that soundcloud (laughs) (laughs) i saw a uh i saw this dude on tiktok uh, a couple weeks ago um i think he performs at some of the bars in boston but i just like liked his set and i actually hit him up on instagram and i was like dude like i'm like kind of like i want to learn how to like actually make some like house music and edm or even just mixing you know what i mean and like so he gave me some recommendations on a software and like the board for like, you know, like a beginner, you know what I mean? But I would actually love to do that because I've made an EDM mix before. Dude, and, like, haven't it, we all? Yeah, haven't <laughs> we, yeah, we, it's it's
0: true. True. we <laughs> all?
2: We all <doing> garage
1: bands. <laughs> yeah, yes. but it was so fun. Like I love, I love all types of music, but like EDM, like, yes, I would love to make my own mix. I'd love to perform one time. I've told this to Scott. Our other friend, Kieran, shout out Kieran. He's like, crazy guy <laughs> but like the best. We, the best. i've told well, i've told Kier, i've told kieran so many times i'm like dude like we just need to get one gig just one time me you scott just like perform an edm set and i promise you like it'll just be like the one of the funniest greatest experiences we'll
2: be ever. some fkj and we'll
1: get david on guitar yeah, we'll <laughs> i was gonna say man i'm trying to get it on the nah, yeah, 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 what do you <laughs> mean <laughs> we'll get you on the live guitar or are you, on you still have to tip. show me yeah but that's, like, some of my goals, you know? So Love it. Cool.
3: Well, I think my professional goal for the band is, like, just getting the music in front of as many people as possible live and kind of, like, having that experience mean something to people. Mm-hmm. and Like, trying to, like, make a difference through that. Whether that be, like, if someone's, like, connecting to the show or connecting to, like, an experience that they have at the show, just kind of being a part of that process is the thing that I'm most looking forward to. Um, and you guys covered a lot of the rest, but so I think, personally, I think I want to get more comfortable with, like, posting videos of me playing online. Yeah. And also, like, I'm trying to get into singing more. Like I'm trying, uh, to get, trying to get my vocal chops up a bit. Where are we now?
0: Like, do you think you're a good singer? Are you a good singer?
3: I think I'm okay. I think I have good tone. I just need to work on my technique quite a bit. Like, I just need to get my, like... My overall pitch where it needs to be. I need to do some ear training. Got to review those those ear training books. You Jim got a Berkeley. mic during rehearsal. You can use it if you want. It's on. God, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not I'm not withhold. I'm not gatekeeping this from you. <laughs> <laughs> my, my ear just like drifts to unison every time. Like I'm trying to get into the. We just got we should work the harmonies out. Man. Yeah, I'm so absolutely. down for it.
0: All right, well Juniper, thank you very much for joining me in studio. I kind of lied to you because I have one last question, and it's do you want to play, or actually, not even do you want to play? Do you want to meet? my pet crocodile his name is chance the snapper (laughs) yes absolutely
2: he's great in show um (laughs) i didn't know they had crocodiles
0: chance the the snapper chance the snapper is his name what a great name (laughs) we did a contest for lewis the child tickets and the contest was you needed to come up with a name for him and some random girl said chance the snapper and i thought it was awesome so i gave her the tickets. Wow! there it is
1: that's
3: so good amazing (laughs) that is really good